Today, This American Dice brings you the latest episode of Dragon of Ice Spire Peak from the D&D Essentials Kit. In this episode, Serafina and friends continue their exploration of the tiny kingdom of Nomengard. Even though the gruesome, shape-shifting mimic has been vanquished, our heroes might have an even greater challenge trying to save the gnomish kings from themselves. King Nurki had seen some better days. As he's currently stuck in a chair with a stocking stuck in his mouth, well, guess I don't gotta tell you that. He might have known he'd end up in this predicament. The other king, King Korbaz, had been acting real strange for a while now. All a Nomengard was talking about some dragon up north, and well, it's usually a king's prerogative to protect his people. Old King Korbaz never was much of a fighter, though. Now don't get me wrong, he's got many a fine other kingly qualities to him. One of them kingly characteristics being the forethought to account for his own shortcomings. Good at making friends, too. That's why I knew enough to send Fracatore out to the herbalist, lives in Windmill. Ugh. I mean, windmill, to get some potions of courage off her. Of course, we both know Adabra was coaxed into relocating to Phandalin, so the trip lasted longer than expected, and by the time she got back, them dragon rumors were dragon eyewitness accounts. Carbaz figured he needed to soup up them potions. What? It's true. Didn't even tell his husband before trying the new and improved brews with Fracatore. First problem was potion brewing was one of them qualities he lacked. Second problem was the whole wild magic thing them gnomes are always talking about. Yep, y'all might have guessed it, but them potions ended up more like potions of paranoia. That's about the time them two gnomes went missing and talk of a shapeshifter invasion started. You might imagine it didn't help Korbaz's disposition much and, if anything, it only looks like it's getting worse. Here's hoping someone can come along and talk some sense into him before it's too late. changer that looked like a big wine cask. You got the thunder wave at your death. Mm. And your your best friend, Chanjin, was the product of some wild magic that kind of made him exchange voices with his magic item. Oh, and in fact, you had a thunder wave that we have to see if there's any wild magic uh, repercussions. Right. Do you want to roll a d20 for me? 18. You're good luck. Okay. <laughs> I think it'll be just be more interesting if you just teleport. You have your map with you, but you kind of teleport into a like a little room there's like stairs that go down maybe outside you can hear the waterfall then there's a cliff that goes up here and there's two uh gnomes that have big uh like uh pikes you know, like big sticks with like axes on the end okay. and these big pikes like, oh wait who goes there are you using magic to infiltrate our city our sprawling metropolis and the one's like shut up it's very small 
Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, my name is Beanie, and, um, well, it looks like the wild magic has, uh, thrown me over here, and, um, sorry to disturb you, you gentle gnomes. Um, I'm a friend of, uh, Nomengard. My name is Serafina Tealeaf, and we, I come here with my two friends, um, we mean no, no harm or ill will. We're just, uh, warriors passing through Phandalin, and we've come looking for... Uh, Fibble, Stib, and Dabble Hmm. Well, it all seems normal. The other one's like, wait a second. They say, hmm, that's exactly what a shapeshifter would say, though. Hmm. Yes, and we're specifically here to guard against shapeshifters. Come on, Pog. We have one job. It's like, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, hmm. Well, you say there's two people with you. And you're alone. Come on. And you look kind of like a shapeshifter to me. I've never seen you. Oh, well, Mr. Pargan friend here. Um, again, my name is Beanie, and I come from Phandalin. That is why you've never seen me, number one. I'm a halfling, and I'm a strongheart. And if you know anything about the strongheart family, we're sworn to tell the truth wholefully and dearly from our heart. So I would tell you right now, to your face, I'm a warrior, and... I am a bard, but I am no shapeshifter. Um, again, uh, as I mentioned, I used some magic back there. Uh, and, well, it looks like the wild magic that uh, Delabine warned me about has thrown me over here. I'm sure my friends will be joining me any minute. And I promise you'll be able to see that they too are true and not, not these shapeshifters that... Um, now I've heard that Fracatore also... <laughs> I'm just laughing at these crazy known names. I was like, I'm pretty sure I said that one right. You got it, yeah. Perfect. Uh, that Fracatore also told me about... This is the first I've ever heard of shapeshifters in the Sword Coast. <laughs> hmm, she said that pretty dramatically. Well, we can't deny that, but hmm, I don't know. So this is tricky because... You uh, started with a lie. You said, uh, strong hearts are never... <laughs> we always tell the truth, which is definitely a lie. Um, but then everything else you said was pretty truthful. So I don't know. Were you trying to... Um, would you say you were going more for deception or persuasion there? Persuasion? Also, how do you know that strong hearts are, don't always tell the truth? Oh, that's pretty clear. But I'll let you go with uh, persuasion if you want. You'd say a lot of... Um, corroborating evidence here. You left out that there's a dead shapeshifter behind you, which I thought was bold. But, uh, yeah, why don't you roll with advantage, I think. Oh, that was a shapeshifter. Yeah, because remember it looked like a, like a wine cask and then shifted its shape into a monster. You called it a mimic. I wasn't supposed to... How was I supposed to know those were the same things? That's a good point, yeah. I didn't know that I was supposed to tell them. No, you don't have to. I was just... Uh, I thought it was interesting. I like it. Go with it. I'm, I'm here for this. Um, so go ahead and roll Persuasion. I'm letting you do it with advantage if you want. So you can roll two dice and take the, the one you want. 13 and 8. Plus 3, so 16. Oh, dang, girl. Wait. Yes. So I looked at Perception there for a minute. Persuasion, plus 3. I don't know. I've definitely been lied to you by Stronghearts before. The other one's like, well... She did basically name half the people here. Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters wouldn't know about that. Or shapechangers. Either one. I don't know. I believe it. She looks pretty trustworthy, trustworthy to me. And maybe just as you say that, change and burn up. Come behind you. And like, oh, and those are those two people she probably talked about. All right. Well, your story seemed to check out. And they kind of, one of them, the, the meaner one, I guess, the one that's not Pog, says, uh, all right, well... Oh, points the little axe down, you know? Pull arm. All right, well, you better watch yourself. You're on thin ice, Missy. If you see any shape changers, you better report it to us immediately. Well, out of curiosity, good sirs, um, what do you have to fight against these shape shifters? Oh. Push their, uh... Oh, tap their uh, pull arm on the ground. You know, lifting it to its full height, which is six or seven feet 
We're, we're trained in defense. Of all sorts. Yulin and Pog. Best warriors in Nomengard. I have no doubt that you are the best warriors in Nomengard, and I told you that I always tell the truth, and the truth is I was using my magic against a mimic. I didn't realize that those were your shapeshifters you were talking about. Mimic, mimic, mimic. Kind of whisper to themselves. Um, yes, could be a mimic. Not quite sure. We've for sure heard of mimics and know everything about them and how to fight against them, especially. Well, I'll tell you, um, Delabine told us to come and look for the inventors because we're here actually looking for magical inventions to fight against the White Dragon. And when we came upon your wine room, one of your purple fungi wine casts had gnashing teeth and the long tongue, but we were able to render it defenseless, so... While there is a mess in there, there's certainly no what you would call shapeshifters. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> like, hmm, well, um, if that's if that's true, then that's great. But yeah, we are still on orders to watch out for shapeshifters. But you've you've definitely proven yourself not to be a shapeshifter. And I mean, once we're off duty, I guess we can go check that out. That'd be great. I bet the kings will be very happy about this. Well, we're happy to help. I mean, we're really just here looking for inventions, but... Oh, we have tons of those. Wow, would you be so kind as to show me where... Fibble, Stib, and Dabble Dab? Doctors Fibble, Stib, and Dabble Dab are? Oh, they haven't earned their degree. <laughs> <laughs> would you be so kind as to show me the Bill Nye versions of Fibble, Stib, and Dabble Dab? Oh, yes, they're, they're across the bridge on the other side. Wow, thank you. Um, Parg and Yule. Ula and Pog are our <laughs> You're bad at names, miss, but it's okay. Won't hold it against you. You've probably met a lot of people today. <laughs> Yule and Porg? Pog, like the little discs that you threw in the 90s. I didn't do that. <laughs> well, my mom did. That's why I named that. My younger brother, Slammer. <laughs> Alright, well, Yule and Pog... You've been so gracious today. Um, if you ever need a, a favor or even a little ditty in the future, I'm sure to write a very exciting tale of adventure for the two. Pog and Eula. Here's the Pog and Eula. All right, guys, let's head over the bridge. Oh, and Pog maybe is like, hey, if you want to wait, um, we can escort you at the end of our shift. We can show you where to go if you want. Well, how long is your shift? Hmm. What time is it? Um, maybe Eula looks like just up at the ceiling in the cave. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But, um. It's like, hmm, about seven and a half hours. Well, as much as I would hope that we could stay seven and a half hours, possibly even take a rest after. That terrible shape-shifting mimic. <laughs> <laughs> Just the thousand-yard stare that he gave. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, we need to get going as soon as possible. Well, all right. If you're still here, just come right back here, and we can escort you wherever you want. Like I said, we're the two best warriors in all of Nomengard. Don't have to worry about anything. Shapeshifters, bats, a mole... You killed all kinds of things. What you should really worry about is your friend Fractatore. <laughs> she oh. almost struck us with a bow. What? <laughs> she should not have done that. Uh, we had a good laugh. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good then, I suppose. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. Watch, watch out for the blades. You say as you go to this bridge. Just like a wooden bridge, and this is where the waterfall is. It's kind of beautiful. You kind of get um, like, uh, a little wet, you know, with all the, the mist and everything. Probably um, Shanjan and Inverna have more trouble than you because it's made for like smaller creatures, smaller people. She's gonna walk walk through without any problem. And when they come, they kind of like it's bowing almost to the touching the surface of the water, like uh. 
we're too heavy for this, but they make make it through without too much problem. And when you go up, you go up some steps over here, and in fact, when you come here, there's these two very quickly spinning fan blades, basically. What do you do? Um, she looks at uh, Inverna and Shanjan and says, Quick, get against the walls! Put your backs against the walls! Stay away from these large fan blades! Whoo! Is what Shanjan says as he follows your order. You, Shanjan! Whoo-hoo! <laughs> 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 Thank you! Jeez! <laughs> he hits his... Um, Sap on the ground. It's like, I'm hungry. And just shrugs frustratedly. All right. So, Pog and Eula warned us about these fans, and I think that we can make it across. As you can see, one fan is going to the right, and the other fan is going to the left. Mm -hmm. But if we wait for them to properly time, we can go through them like doorways. So, well, they're spinning pretty fast, but you, you might be on some. Well, you didn't say they were spinning fast. Oh, they're spinning very fast. But I think you're right. Uh, if we're if we're quick enough, we could probably run through that. Well, our other option is to hug the wall the entire way around the room. It almost looks like they're touching the wall. I see a spark every now and then. I think you were onto it the first time. I think for, our third option. Enough is we could, one by one, slowly hopscotch through them. So we get in between the fan blades, hop over the blades, uh, and then get between another fan blade, hop over the blade, until we make it out. One thing I should say, since uh, Shane Jane can't talk for himself right at the moment, he uh, looked pretty roughed up from that last time. I don't know if you can have, if you have some sort of a, uh, one of them healing spells. I know that might cause some more problems, but might be pretty prudent before we uh, attempt this thing. Well, I guess I can use my healing spell, but then, well, that'll be it for me today. And then uh, we'll have to find some place to take a rest if I'm to use any of my magic by the time we get out of here. Well, now that shapeshifter's dispatch, hopefully that will need much after that. Alright, well... Unless, unless you have some kind of spell that can get through this. I mean, that'd be pretty helpful, if I'm being honest. And she's like, uh, oh, hold up. See that thing over there? And she points to, like, the other side, basically almost exactly opposite of where you are. There's a little brass panel that has a tiny lever that has some kind of runes on it. And she's like, uh, well, I assume that's going to be the, uh, the on-off switch. But, uh, well, not very helpful to us here, but I still think you, uh, patching up Shane Jan here and then making a run for it might be the best idea. Well, I think you might be right, too. I think we're going to go have to, um, healing word or cure wounds. Yeah, whichever one you want. Man, actually, he's not as bad as I thought he was originally, actually. I forgot to level up his hit points. It's still pretty bad. So if I go with, um, cure wounds, it's, mm, regains a number of hit points equal to 1d8. The other one was 1d4. Okay, so cure wounds. Yeah. So it's um, was it one d eight plus your plus anything or just one? No, it's one d eight plus my spell casting ability. Okay, so since you're bard two, I think that's uh, plus two. Oh wait, plus your ability actually, plus your charisma bonus. So that's yeah, still plus two. Uh yeah, one d eight plus your spell casting ability modifier. Yeah, so one d eight plus two, pretty good. Your where's that? Um, charisma plus oh. two. Okay. Yeah, so give it a roll. You need at least a five. Let's get him back to max. Nice. Five. Full hit points. Five, six, seven. Yep. Back to full. 
Is he still talking like a hoodie? Interesting. Yeah, maybe I'll give him another save. See if that works. I think I, I said it was a wisdom save before. He just needs an easy save. It should be, should be easy. Literally. Oh, okay, that time he did it. Okay, so something about that healing. Um, it's like, call, call, calling. Wait, sorry. What was I saying? Oh my gosh, I can talk now. Perfect. We have a better one. What? Kaka! 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 Me! Call me! Da 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 Oh, wait. Hold on. I'm singing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly what happened. You have to do it. No. <laughs> Alright. So. You gotta make this jump through the fans. Who's going first? I'm gonna go first. I guess you only need one if you know where the lever is, now I think about it. Smart. Alright, so how are you doing this? You said you're timing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm waiting for like a small opening where both of the blades are like passing each other at the same time so that there's just a small little opening for me to run across kind of like when two um like do like a revolving doors you know yeah so go ahead and make a deck save i think oh yeah you you actually proficiency in decks so that's pretty good so your deck save is plus four so that's pretty good okay you have to roll that, and you're trying to get over a specific number that I know that's hidden. Okay. Oh, you can give yourself inspiration. Remember the bardic inspiration? You can sing a song to encourage yourself, and this you can add extra stuff to it. I, we always forget this <laughs> mechanic exists. All right. But, yeah, I think uh, it's a d6 or something. I kind of forget. You'll have to look at your sheet. Do I do it now or later? You can sing it now. We walked through no man guard. We met all kinds of gnomes. He did a shapeshifter who looked just like some wine. We met some very nice gnome guards. They told us about these fans. Now I'm gonna run into these bands. Gods in heaven, hold my hand. Amazing. Save me from the fans. Save me from the fans. You have the perfect ending. <laughs> So this plus one? Well, no. See what your um, bardic inspiration gives you. Where is that? That's on there somewhere. Bardic inspiration. Yeah, what does that say? As a bonus action, a creature <laughs> other <laughs> a creature other than you. Oh well, fuck! You can't you can't give it to yourself. No Damn way. it! I just wasted a great song. I mean, it was pretty great. I wouldn't call that a waste. But was it due just for future reference? Within 60 feet, they can hear you gains an inspiration die for 10 minutes. A creature can add it to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. This can be added after seeing the roll, but before knowing the outcome. And that's a d6 right now? I think it goes up later? Yeah, d6. Pretty good. All right, so you're just stuck with a d20. Pretty good, though. Because you got a plus four. Just because you're so dexterous. Eight. Plus dexterity? Plus four. This one, right? Uh-huh. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Oh my gosh, that does not do it. No. So you're gonna get you're gonna hit by these blades. It's it's actually a, a crazy amount of damage. What is how much is your hit point total right now? Nineteen. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so it's eighteen. I'm Wait, I hit. I got eighteen damage points. Yeah. 
So you're at one. So yeah, these like slice you up. It's like pretty rough. But I mean, you make it through. So she runs through the blades. She gets caught by one, and it like propels her forward, and then she in the sort of ricochets off mm. the other blade. And oh no! Then it ricochets her off the other blade, and then it kind of flings her to the opening, and she like hits a wall, maybe. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Oh, you pretty much said I was messed up. Yeah. But now you're on the other side of the wall, so you can just pull that lever. So I'm gonna. There's some kind of runes on it. Slowly, slowly get up, and I'm like holding my body and my head, and I'm bleeding, and I'm crying a little bit. Oh, God. I reach up and I slowly pull the lever down, hoping that that'll stop the. Yeah, it does, in fact. Like they slow down, and then then after a few seconds, they stop. And then I lean my head up against the wall, and I just like collapse. Oh, well, you're at one, so you, you don't. Totally out of I'm collapsing. Very dramatic. But it's really good that you got um, your friend Jan Jan to uh, speak normally again because he has cure wounds as well. So he's going to cure you at least once. Actually, you can roll this if you want. It's probably more dramatic if you do it. Eight. Wow. So add three to that. So. Eleven. So that, yeah, you're back to 12. Pretty good. So I keep him around. So let me roll in wild magic. Oh, and he has no magic wild magical effect. Good. Alright, so you've solved the fan puzzle. Where to now? She gets up and Ina gets up and gives Shanjan a huge hug and says, thank you, my friend. I don't know what I would do without you. I thought for sure that for a moment I saw my life flash before my eyes and all my biggest fans were trying to kill me. <laughs> That's pretty great. And, when uh, we get out of here, Shanjan, I'm going to buy you the biggest ale and mutton <laughs> these gold pieces can buy because, whew. I, I do like mutton. And actually, you know, don't worry. Timora's looking after us, and you know her luck is we'll always be on our side. Just sometimes later, sometimes sooner. Don't worry. Thank goodness. I think it's about time that we find some place to rest. I don't know. It'd be hard to rest in here, but you might be right. Well, let's go down this hallway then and see where where it takes us. Yeah. That way we can get back to Vandalin and I can take a nice long nap. So this is actually the workshop. As you kind of go up these steps and go into this room, it's kind of similar to this one, the guard room. There's like a little ledge up here. Some other ones, you see that. You you see the bat that we're both looking at. <laughs> um, yeah, they're having kind of an argument. You kind of hear them before you see them. But they're dressed in kind of these... Uh, Almost like lab coats, but like in crazy colors. Like maybe one's like a magenta. What's another? Like fuchsia or something. Those are almost the same color. Yeah. Well, give me another color. Um, magenta and tangerine. Oh yeah, perfect. Way better. Yeah, just like very elaborate, like lab coat kind of things. But they're having some kind of argument. One's like, listen, you don't understand. If we had some kind of lens that could focus um, sanity through some sort of a, I don't know, like a, like a crossbow type thing to shoot a beam of sanity, call it like a sanity ray, we could shoot it right at the king's head and it should cure his madness instantly. And then one's like, that's so stupid. How could you think that? We have to protect him from himself and from his husband. So what we have to do is get some kind of coat or jacket device and kind of a, uh, we could use the long sleeves to kind of tie it around you and then, um, you know, kind of keep them on the straight and narrow. I'd call it um, a sleevey no levy. That would be the perfect thing. And then as the three of you kind of walk in, they're like, oh, you three. Yeah, which one would be better? Would it be, uh, 
a sanity ray, or a sleevy no levy. Well, uh, you must be the incredibly intelligent inventors that we've heard of. And I mean, I think both of your ideas are great. If it were up to me, I think you should put that sleevy no levy on the king and hit him with the sanity ray. That way he can't hurt himself or his husband and he gets his wisdom back. Look at you two. You created the perfect thing. The, uh, the one who spoke to you. I like that. And the other one, the lady is like, Oh, come on. We don't have time to make both. We gotta focus our efforts. We have to do teamwork on this one. It's like, no, we can only pick one. And of course, a Sandy Ray. That's the one that we need to do. Very direct. If we get a few tiny lenses, like a, just, we can use some gemstones and crystals, it'll focus the Sandy he has left and make it even better. And uh, the other one who realizes Fibble Stiff. Like, well, I don't know. I kind of like the idea. We can both work in tandem and then switch and work on each other's to finish it up. And then we, I mean, almost in about the same time, we should have both. And like, no, that'll take forever. You just delve into more arguing. As you kind of get a sense of this room, you see all these like half-finished projects like kind of hanging up. There's um, like all kinds of, you can't even imagine what any of these do. They look like, uh, almost like the work of insane people here. Like, uh, maybe there's, like, an engine, like, a steam engine running in the corner or something. And almost, like, if you hadn't seen these other contraptions working before, you could have you could have reasonably thought this was just, like, a scrapyard with uh, some moving parts to it. But, yeah, what do you do? How about this, inventors? I think that uh, working on your own and then coming back together is the perfect plan. What if me and my friends help you move it along, and then in return, you could give me a magic invention to help defeat the white dragon? So that means I, Feeny, will help Fibblestip, and and Verna can help Double Dog, and Shenzhen can help all of us. So we'll just go between teams and get us what we need. And as soon as we can figure that out, get both inventions made, help the king get his sanity, and give us one or two of your most amazing inventions to help with dragon fighting. If we all work in a team, we can get them all done at the same time. I mean, it's clear that you have many, many projects going on, and... I bet this will be the one to help the king. And I think Pibblesip is, like, he's got, like, this goatee that kind of comes down into, like, a weird curl at the several inches beyond his chin, you know? He's like, hmm, I do like that. Yes, we could maybe um, use an extra hand or two, especially from those big folks. And then um, Dabbledob is like, come on, that's stupid. No offense to you three, but you're not trained in any of this. You'll probably end up blowing up half the mountain. I do, do appreciate it, but we have to focus on the two kings right now. Corbaz and Nurkli, they need our help. They're depending on us. We know about this dragon situation, and that's probably what got us into the trouble in the first place. After we took those uh, potions of bravery from that human woman. The other one, Pibblestib, kind of interjects and is like... Well, they could have had a bad interaction with the wild magic. It's like, no, no, they're probably expired. Anyway, the king tried to have one of those after, well, anyone would be scared. Especially if you're a king and you had a whole place to protect. Of course, that's what made him mad. If we can just figure out how to get him to calm down and uh, we'll free the other king, then we should be fine. But until then, we really need to do that. He just keeps raving about some shapeshifter monstrosity that he supposedly saw, which of course is madness. We need to focus on this, and I don't think you two can help. Are you, what, three? Yes, you three. Sorry, but thank you very much. We have lots of things to do, but maybe we can send some delegation after we're done to talk to Vandalin and uh, help help with that. But you got to solve this problem first, so thank you very much. Uh, good day. Thanks. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Are you leaving yet? Are they leaving? I, I can't tell. Well, listen, um... We were sent here from Phandalin to help you all, and um, 
we're not leaving until we can be of service and we can um, do trade work to get the magic inventions that we need and we can be on your way. I, although I um, may seem like just a mere halfling, in addition to being a bard, I was a soldier. So I know many things. I'm very intelligent enough. I certainly can uh, disarm a bomb. I can certainly help you make something without blowing it up. And my friend Shanjan here is a trained... Shanjan is also like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Shanjan is a trained... He's like a priest of priest. Timora. Priest of priest. And, um, you know, lots of priests know lots of... Uh, uh, potions and um, incantations and there's definitely some way that he can help and well in Verna she doesn't talk so you know that she knows a lot <laughs> that's pretty good and she kind of just makes a face at them they're like oh yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah if you're a, a wizard or a spellcaster or a priest or whatever you said we do have this book over here and then um, maybe Fib- Fibblestip like moves all this stuff around and gets this like giant book Giant for them, probably like a slightly more large, larger than average book for a, a human-sized person, I guess. But uh, this big book, anyway. It's like here's the official uh, Nomengard um, arcane spell book that we have, and if you uh, can cast spells, this could help, maybe. But nah, I don't know. I don't think that that really matters. And just kind of tosses it. It's like maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Yes, we are looking for for some help. I just these kings, they, King Korbaz, you know, after drinking this potion that's supposed to make him brave, just won't come out of his room. I don't know what we can do. You know, just without thinking subconsciously, kind of like holds uh, this necklace that's around his neck that is like a key. It's like, hmm. And we're not supposed to go in the treasury and look up any of the, the devices or items or anything without the king's, either one of the king's uh, specific instruction. So I don't think we can give you any kind of rewards or anything but once we sort out the kings I mean I'm sure they can help so we should get working on this uh sleevy no levy yeah you're, with your, your warrior sense maybe you can help uh put him put it on him I definitely think that we can help you now what does this sleevy no levy do dabbled off the other one's like uh, no just leave us alone you're just distracting us I need to work in the sandy ray. The best thing you can do is just leave this room and then come back later. We can see if you can get something for this dragon or whatever. Why don't you just, uh, I mean, wait outside by the the river or something. It'll just take sandy ray with this and with the six different lenses and the mining the gems. Just come back in like four or six weeks. I must insist that we help you build these things so that we can put them on the kings. And we don't have four to six weeks. The dragon could be here any time. And don't you want your people to be safe? We just, uh, if we can help you with these things, then we can, I'll, I will personally be responsible for getting them on the king. I think they they are really not, or at least um, Dabbledob is really not, into this idea, although Pibblestip is like... It sounds fine. So, I think you can make a persuasion. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think you're getting both disadvantage and advantage, so they just cancel out. So just let the dice roll. 16. Wow. Persuasion is 3. 16, 17, 18, 19. Wow, that's really good. Alright, so um, I think Pibblestip is just like... Alright, dabbled up. You gotta calm down. We've been trying to calm. We've been arguing about this thing going in circles and circles. There's um, a veteran of a war here and some kind of magical priest. Just We can lend them that book and maybe they can talk to the kings as while well, we keep working on... I mean, I guess if it'll really make you happy, we can work in Sandy Ray and work on this stuff as they're going in there. And maybe if they talk to him, you know, they could convince him that there's no shape changers here. He's so scared of him. I don't know what's going on there. Dabbledob just like grimaces and just like 
seems pretty angry about it, like grumbling about it, but just like, all right, fine, whatever. I guess if I get my piece and I can work on my Sandy Ray, that's fine. The Pibble Sieve comes over and just like, all right, um, well, I don't know if you heard any of that, but Devil Dob needs to work on her Sandy Ray. I'm going to give her the whole lab, but if you want to help work on this, uh, Sleepy No Leavey with me, or if you just want to talk to the king and see if you can convince him to kind of come out, then that'd be great, too. He's gone mad for some reason. Like we said, it might be magically induced, but yeah, what do you think? I don't know. I think that if we leave Shanjan to help out with the magical powers of the ray gun. The sandy ray? The sanity ray. And we leave Inverna to help with the sleeping Olivi. Then Feeny, me, (laughs) (laughs) can go talk to the king. I have a great way of inspiring people. Oh, yeah, that could be good. Um, you know, I love music, and sometimes it just just releases all kinds of negative thoughts that you have, right? So that might be a good idea. Um, I think, I don't know if Dabble Dab really wants any help, so maybe we can have everyone um, just leave the, the lab. I mean, you can use that book if you want. I don't know if it'll be much help now. But, um, yeah, if we just leave, I think I have enough stuff to work on the sleeve, and it'll leave you. If your two friends want to help me with that, and then, yeah, you can talk to the king. I think that sounds like a great plan. Okay. And Devil Dog is like, All right, yeah, thanks. Some peace. Perfect. And they kind of give this big book to Shanjian. And uh, he's like, Ooh, these are some good spells. I don't know if. I think they might be more beneficial to you. It looks like they're not really uh, religious spells. You can probably cast them better. Sure. Thanks for the book. Sure. There's where the their bedroom door is. Then there's a door here that just leads to this little ledge if you want, but this is the door to their bedroom. And when you come to it, it, it is. Do you try to open it? No, I think I'll knock first. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and then you hear, um... Um, and who is it? Uh, hello, your highnesses. My name is Feeny Seraphina Tealeaf. I'm a, a halfling of the Strongheart family, and, um, well, I'm here because myself and my two friends are warriors. We're passing through the town of Phandalin, and we've decided to do what we can to protect the town and its people in it, and we were instructed to come to the Guard so that we may be able to assist. I've spoken to several wonderful gnomes along the way. I'm sure you <laughs> <laughs> you know them. Uh, we first met Delabine, then pa- Fracatore. But before Fracatore, there was Panana. And then we met Pog and Eula, the most wonderful fighters. Uh, we also met Fibblestib and Dabbledob, the incredible inventors. And, well, King Corbaz and King Nurkli, we've just come to help you now. Hmm. And then you hear it's, like, right on the other side of the door now. It's like, well, you do have a lot of names written down. I will give you that. But a halfling stoutheart, you say? Sounds more like a half-shapeshifter of the shifter hearts. You're not fooling me, he says from the other side of the door. You're a shapeshifter, and you're trying to kill me and my husband. And I won't have it. Now leave this place immediately. Before I get really mad and use my magic against you. As much as you don't want to believe it, your highnesses, uh, we have actually come across a shapeshifter in your wine, in your fungi room. (laughs) So, you know the danger here. I certainly do. It tried to attack me. I almost lost my life. Well, I'm glad you admit the lie that you gave me. Well, no, sir. That was not a lie. It was just my uh, exposure of the truth that you had a shapeshifter in your cat in your 
kingdom this entire time, and I, Feeny Teeny. Shapey Shifty. <laughs> no, Feeny Teeny, I killed it for you. And if you want to see for yourself, you can go to the, the barrel room, because I killed it for you. And, and in return, it would be most gracious of you if you could let me in so that we could discuss the next plan of action. That seemed very unlikely. Do you have any proof of this? I only have the proof of the wine blood on my robes, your highness. Anyone can do that when they're wine drunk. Banana did that yesterday. Well, if only I had a taste of that wine. <laughs> but Well, shapeshifter, you'll never have a taste of my wine again. You are banished. Exiled. No shapeshifters allowed. I'm going to have people make signs tomorrow. How can you make them have them make signs when you haven't even left your room? Well, I can make them here. I like crafts. Got macaroni and glue. Macaroni and glue won't be enough. You need warriors on your side, and we're here to be warriors for you. Oh, I won't be fooled by you, shapeshifter. As soon as I let you on my side, I get checked. Listen, the only two people I can trust is me and sweet, sweet Nurkly. It's the only people, and I need to keep Nurkly safe at all costs. And if that means never talking to my beautiful, sweet subjects again, then so be it. And I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. And I can barely throw anything. Ask anyone. Well, I have heard that you have the worst arms in history. <laughs> you don't have to rub it in. But if you would just let us be your extended warrior arms... <laughs> We can all fight together. And, well, Your Highness, the facts are, a king is supposed to rule over his subjects and be the leader for them. And hiding behind this door, you're no leader to anyone until you can prove to your people that you are not the shapeshifter. No justice will ever come. Would you rather them get eaten by a white dragon or turn into shapeshifters themselves? Let Feeny Teeny and her crew of warriors help you. That's pretty good. Are you trying to persuade them, do you think? Yeah. Are you trying to deceive them? With that? Mm, no, I'm not really trying to deceive them. I think you can make it a case for deception or persuasion. I was thinking about intimidation. Ooh, how do you want to intimidate him? <laughs> That's more like threatening, right? I feel like I kind of did. Like, white dragon's gonna come get you and kill all your people. Think about it this way, King. <laughs> Whether or not you want to come out and face your people, a dragon is coming this way. You'll have no subjects to rule over, and you'll have no one to bring you any of your fungi wine. The shapeshifters might as well be standing right outside your door as we are. If you don't let us in to help, your entire Nomengard kingdom will be ruined because the white dragon leaves no prisoners and no survivors. Takes no prisoners, leaves no survivors. Where will you be then? All alone with your precious king. And then what happens if your king gets hurt? Who's going to take care of him if you haven't even had any gnomes to help heal him that's pretty good i feel uh intimidation is supposed to be like you're directly threatening somebody but i think this qualifies you're kind of threatening him with the general threat of this dragon i think i'll allow that i think i might break the rules but i like i like the cut of your jib so are you are you really good at intimidation intimidation i guess plus four mm. 16 plus four wow, amazing 20 total there's like a long pause and maybe in, in, during the long pause you hear like some muffled noises and it's still all behind a door right but you can hear he's not like talking toward the door anymore he's like oh I'm sorry Nurkly my love I couldn't I couldn't live with myself if a white dragon froze you to death and then ate your icy shards I would hate that but no I guess Maybe this warrior could help with the shapeshifter. But the warrior could be the shapeshifter. And you hear, like, some more mumbling. and He's like, no, no, you're right. 
being such a fool. And you just hear the door getting unlocked. You just open it up and you, you see this uh, tiny little king. Uh, I mean, I guess he's your same height. But he has like the, the little uh, like silver crown on. Um, it looks like it's almost made out of like scrap metal. There's like little cogs in it and stuff. And uh, further into the room, like this extravagant bedroom, there's um, another gnome like kind of glued to this chair and uh, has like a gag in his mouth with another crown on. Another silver crown. Alright, well, uh, I... It seems like he's being real, even weirder than normal. I think I'm not in my right sorts. Now I'm not sure what what I've been thinking. And kind of Shanjan brushes past and sees this other gnome maybe tries to like peel him off of this chair what do you do so Shanjan is peeling him off of the chair the Nufini um, looks at the king and they're like eye to eye and holds out her hand and says see I'm just a halfling I promise um, here's the blood that was formerly wine if you smell it it looks like blood but it's definitely wine so uh, that's the proof that I killed the shapeshifter, and um, I swear by my uh, shield that I will protect you and your husband so that we can get everybody situated safely. And uh, Shanjan here can help with um, demystifying you after that potion that you took. I think, uh, oh, maybe there's like something in the book that helps with that who knows but um so now that that's all situated they uh oh maybe they maybe you have like a big feast at the the feast hall they like give you all kinds of food and stuff this uh the sweet like green fungus bread like in all kinds of different arrangements and there's like a little uh maybe a montage of of all the gnomes that you've named and uh, <laughs> met along the way um, Della Bean like sits next to you and she's like hey if you're here if you're not too full after all of this uh, after we're done maybe you can go out on one of the crabs with me I'd like that very very much I was yeah. hoping that you'd say that all night long and she's like woo give me another glass of that purple fungi wine <laughs> yeah she was having like a good old time and then uh, do, do you want to sleep there too yeah yeah you sleep here and there's like all these uh, sleeping areas here yeah, you wake up the next day. Maybe they make you a little mushroom omelet or something. So the ne- in this throne room, there's uh, these two big thrones that are made out of all this like scrap metal kind of stuff. That looks, um, you think it look, oh, this almost looks like a junkyard, but just in this context, it kind of looks beautiful. Like it's very shiny, and uh, there's a bunch of moving parts and everything, and all the different gnomes are behind you, and they're like um, Corbaz and Nurkly are like. Well, the two heroes of Nomengard, thank you. You came to us in our hour of need. Um, Corbaz kind of maybe blushes. It's like, save me at maybe my lowest. And I do apologize to everybody. But no, I've come to my senses now. And there is a, a dragon on the way. And well, we've signed the, the compact centuries ago. And we, with Fandolin and the dwarves, and we are gnomes of our word. So please, take these gifts. And he's like, he does a little clap. Some gnome comes out. Oh, <laughs> it's all got to be people you know, right? Maybe Banana comes out. And Corbaz is like, and here is the pole of collapsing. It looks tiny, but it can get big. Pole of collapsing. This one. This is when uh, Up and Down comes out. One of the other ones from the kitchen presents this thing to you it's like immovable rod this and it's maybe like a eight inches or so um looks like a just like a almost like a hot dog i guess <laughs> oh my god i hate that i thought of that but uh yeah he presses a button on the end and it just hangs in the air yeah up and down kind of like knocks on it and tries to move it and like holds on it and just can hang from it like a monkey bar and presses the thing again and he can move it back it's like the immovable rod yeah 
left, then Della Bean comes out holding um like a little um Oh, it's like a little bag, like a tiny little bag. It's like this one, Corvus says. They're very powerful. This is the uh, dust of disappearance. Just take a little pinch, throw it up in the air, and you'll disappear. No one will be able to see you, but only for a limited time, so be careful. It does wear off eventually. And finally, this one, uh, maybe, I guess, Fibblestib? Or no, uh, gotta be Pog, right? Pog comes over and gives you, um, or presents this, uh, these little mm. goggles. It's like, and here, finally, are the goggles of night. With this, you can see better than a dwarf in complete darkness. Wow. So, hopefully, one or all of these will be um, very beneficial in this fight against the dragon. And we do have the two bravest warriors here. They are here guarding Nomengard, but if you do need them, don't hesitate to call on us. And both both of these brave warriors will be at your disposal. And both uh, Ula and Pog kind of look at each other kind of nervously, and they're like, uh-huh. You'll fight a dragon? Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that, but I certainly will call upon Pog and Ula to help me with the dragon. And I'm just so thankful to you, King Corbaz and King Nurkli, for being so hospitable and letting us uh, stay here and allowing us to feast and giving us these precious um, inventions. Uh, we're just so thank- thankful, and um, uh, we will make sure to protect Nomengard at all costs. Yeah, I think that's that's basically it, right? Maybe, um, oh, if you want the ending shot of this episode, like afterward, you're in this, you see the mushroom island again, and there's two uh, crabs, and you're in one of them, and you just do a slow motion, like, high five with your claws. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> do you have a sweet song to play us out? of This American Dice presents D&D Dragon of Ice Fire Peak. Your cast was Marisa as Serafina Tini and David as the Dungeon Master. You heard Austin as the narrator. Music for this episode was An Ocean Wide by Sebastian Forslund and Happy Victory by Heatley Bros. If you could please rate, review, and subscribe to our show at your favorite podcatcher, it would really help This American Dice. Austin will read every five-star review we receive on air as... Your favorite character from the hit Spanish cartoon from the 90s, David the Gnome. Join us next week for another episode of This American Dice. And remember, wash your hands and wear a mask. This is the first that I've even heard of the shapeshifters in this part of this area of town. Um, well, the region of the Sword Coast and the continent is Faerun. This is the first time I've heard of shapeshifters and coast. Sword? Sword Coast? <laughs> Sword Coast. Say it again. <laughs> this is the first I've ever heard of shapeshifters in the Sword Coast. <laughs> Oh.
well, you bring up a really good point, Your Highness. What if you were the shapeshifter hiding in the king's <laughs> chambers the entire time? Oh my god, I'm so high right now. <laughs> oh my god.